Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Millennial Money. Today brought to you by public.com, linked in the description down below. Doesn't use payment for order flow, and you can follow us on public to see when we trade using public. But in the meantime, we've got things to talk about, like this sell-off just getting started. There's so much to talk about. We got Jerome who's going to rug pull us tomorrow, and I thought there were only rugs happening in crypto. Isn't that right, Andre? That's right. But Kevin, I think we should talk more about today's sponsor, Public. <laughs> Go to public.com. It's an investing platform where you can buy stocks, funds, crypto. There's no commission fees on standard stock trades and no minimums to get started. I didn't memorize this at all. <laughs> <laughs> you can also follow your favorite people on there. First of all, you can follow me on there. You could follow Kevin. You could follow Andre. Jeremy, I believe they could also follow you on there. Yes, um, I'm sure soon. It, yeah. Yeah, they can see every move on there, right, guys? Like every move you make in your account, correct? That's every right. They also have in-app explanations, by the way. If you don't know what certain words mean, you can click on a keyword, and it actually tells you what that definition definition is. So it makes investing really easy for everyone. And just like Kevin said, they don't accept payment for order flow, which means our, our trades get routed directly, which means we get the best prices. So, of oh, course, check this out. That means, see, oh, what's this? a firm is down. Shares of companies in the broader tech sector are trading lower amid overall market weakness as stocks dip following U.S. inflation data. Now I know. Kevin, we don't stocks. even need to watch you anymore. We could just go in public. That's <laughs> right. uh -oh. the same thing. Yes. That's artificial oh. intelligence yeah. replacing so, Mr. Kevin. I know. So how about this, Kevin? Instead of a uh, coupon code that's expiring tonight before the price goes up, you could get a free stock worth all the way up to $1,000 when you use the link down below in the description. That's all you got to do. You could sign up. You could follow all of us on there. And uh, compete with that one. That's a good one. That's right. Thank you, Public, for sponsoring this part of the video. Bam. <laughs> Let's move on to Jerome Papa Powell. And that rug pull. Ooh. And the rug pull. <laughs> Guys, first, Wait. do we want to address the crypto thing that happened, or should we go on to Jerome? First? Oh, yeah. That was – that's crazy. Have they – so, Andre, you want to explain what was going on? Because, uh, Kevin, I saw your video come up. I got the notification. I'm like, what? Here's a, yeah, here's oh, a my God glitch just just happened let's see what this is and uh so i got screenshots because i couldn't believe it's like oh man this is nuts like i kid you not i got like 10 texts from friends to be like oh my god look i'm a millionaire now some people <laughs> billionaires trillionaires i think pro the dogecoin millionaire he posted an instagram story it was like i think he was like a quadrillionaire or something <laughs> I've, I've, I've had that happen to me by the way in 2014 i want to say but the app I was using at the time was called Blockfolio, which was bought out by FTX. And I saw my portfolio at the time was like $2 million. I kid you not, I almost had a heart attack. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I, I did it. I became a millionaire. And it took me oh. just a while to realize that it was just a glitch. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just a glitch that happens inside these apps that give us heart attacks. That's fun. My goodness. It, it, but it's just a glitch. And it went, it went widespread through everything, huh, guys? Yeah. yeah, who was the main API? So they're using some kind of API from what is it? Coindesk, I think it is. Um, they're just sourcing the data from some of that stuff. And mm -hmm. yeah, if they're using the API from one place and that, that place gets screwed up, then that's what happens. Wow, that's insane. All right, Kevin. So what, what's this? You keep talking about rug pull. Well, first off, explain to the folks what the heck that means. And is that really happening tomorrow? And what's it mean? People are like, are my stocks going to crash tomorrow? What's going to happen? 
Also, getting rugged, I, I feel like, is is a word that became really popular in crypto because uh, it seems like if you're a crypto investor and you you escape uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin at all, there's a good chance maybe you've experienced a rug. And uh, getting rugged, being rugged, rugging, whatever, is, is a way of describing losing all of your money in a coin that uh, was a fraud. So an example would be uh, the squid token, the squid token, uh, you know, ran from from dollars to ten dollars to fifty dollars to at one point over two thousand uh, dollars, only to within uh, seconds crash to zero. Uh, and, and essentially everybody who invested in it got rugged. And, and there's even a, someone who had a live stream video of somebody watching the rugging happen uh, in, you know, in person. Well, on live, I should say, is the word. In real time. But anyway, yeah. so, so now we're applying rugging to potentially what Jerome Powell is going to do tomorrow to us. Now, to the to what level he's going to rug us, we don't know. But there are some folks who are fearful that tomorrow's the day Jerome Powell realizes that, uh, you know, this whole epiphany happens and he wakes up and realizes, holy crap, we got to not just taper faster, but just eliminate the bond purchases, which could happen. I think there's a lower chance of that, but we can speculate on that. He could, in theory, just stop buying bonds tomorrow. And then as soon as he stops buying bonds, he could also raise rates, which means in theory, if he was like blown away, like every right wing news station is about inflation and, and really every media publication has pulled up inflation. Uh, if, if he's as blown away as the media wants us to feel we should be blown away, then the media is leading the markets to believe Jerome Powell is going to wake up tomorrow and bond purchases, raise rates because he effed up. And if he doesn't do it, we're going to hyperinflation because you can't go down from 6.8% inflation, which came out on Friday. That's a worst case scenario fear that the market has right now. And some folks would consider that a rugging. Hmm. Yeah, Jerome Powell can come out tomorrow and he's going to be like, Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> they're always, they're always lagging. Yeah. They're always lagging, man. That's the issue with, with the Fed. It seems like they're always lagging. They're, they were pushing too hard, I think, um, you know, maybe early in the year. And now here they are. And, and they're probably lagging again. You know, here we are. We're, we're talking about the possibility that inflation slows massively in 22. And I think we, we might all be in agreement of that. Maybe even deflation comes in the back half of the year. We'll see about that. Right. And then here, the, you know, the Fed, it, the fact that there's even talk about that is a little ridiculous. So, um, you know, what, what is it? What is it? You know, what do you, what scenario do you see, assuming they say we're not buying any more bonds and, you know, we're going to raise rates faster? Like, where do you see stocks going, uh, Kevin? Do you think that would be like a down thousand type Dow day? You know, what would you foresee? If oh, that gosh. Happened? OK, if if what I just described happened. The mar because it's not expected to happen. The market is just expecting an accelerated pace of a taper. It's just some folks who are passing this fear along, and it's smaller, more niches of the market, which could certainly pull the market down as well. Uh, but uh, if, if something like what I described happened, that kind of rugging, I would not be shocked at all to see all of our indices down 10% instantly. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it would be... It'd be such a shocker. Uh, I mean, you know, you'd have tech stocks or higher valuation stocks, uh, definitely tattooed chef. All these things would be down like 40, 50 percent uh, instantly. Uh, so uh, we, we don't expect that to happen, though. I mean, for one, Jerome Powell tries to signal what he's going to do, and he's signaled that he's going to double the pace of, of the taper. So minus another 30 bill of money printing, but still ironically printing money, still printing 75 billion dollars uh, in the next month. Uh, we don't, it, we're not going to see a rate increase until he's done 
uh, printing money because it doesn't make sense to raise rates while you're still printing money. He's made that clear as well. So that's what the market expects. Any deviation from that expectation, the market's going to react to. If it's a faster taper, he comes in and says, we're reducing 40 bill. We're going to have a red day tomorrow. If he sounds more hawkish because Joe Biden wants him to sound more aggressive for political reasons, even though they're supposed to be separated, we all know they're not. You know, Biden just gave him a renewal for his job. Uh, then, then the markets will fall. If Jerome Powell says, hey, we're doubling the taper, but uh, we think inflation's still going to go down over the next six months and we're going to wait to see as long as uh, inflation reports start coming in lower, then we're not going to raise rates yet or whatever, or we'll evaluate in the future. If he says something like that, a little more dovish, like, hey, this is a problem. We're accelerating the taper because of that. But we're not so concerned because we do think we're going to get that inflection point in the first few months. And if we don't, then we'll raise rates. If we do, we won't. If he says something like that, I think markets could actually end up green and we could end up with our little Santa Claus rally. All right, everyone, you got all that? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's honestly, I think that's probably most realistic of Pat. I don't think he's going to say, all right, guys, we're, we're done today. That's it. Let's go home. I think it's going to be such a slow transition. And he's like, all right. We're going to start thinking about this and, and also keep in mind that, uh, you know, if inflation, let's just say, you know, we saw six points, you know, 8%, let's just assume prices stay the exact same year over year. Then we're going to be looking at really no further inflation if, if things just stay the same. I don't think prices could just keep increasing, keep increasing, keep increasing for another year. I just can't see it. Yeah, there, there's a lot of... Um... I mean, there's a lot of points I think the Fed can look at if they want to look at the economy that will give them some worry about, you know, being too aggressive in doing anything. If you look at uh, Cyber Monday sales, I think it was the first decrease, if I recall, ever in history. If you look at Black Friday sales, not good. Right. And so I think there's many different points you can look at that are super recent points like, you know, have happened in the past few weeks that you look at and you're like, oh, man, are we sure about this? There's been a lot of companies guiding down, guiding down revenue, guiding down expectations for, you know, a lot of missed numbers last quarter. So I think there's many various points that you can look at and be like, ah, man, I don't know. And we still have obviously Rony Rona, which is the, the scare out there. Right. That still hasn't gone away completely. And so I think there's a lot of factors that the Fed can look at and be like, hey, do we really want to be that aggressive out there? So yeah. let's hope not. Otherwise, I think all my stocks are going to be a dollar. They're, they're at two dollars now. So, you know, I, I don't know. A dollar? Like, But you could argue and say that maybe if they pass the Build Back Better plan, then in the short term, I really think that people are going to perceive that to be as, a, as an inflationary pressure, even though, you know, I don't know if you guys saw that article about the 17... Nobel Prize winning like laureate economist that signed that an open letter in support of the BBB. But um, in the short term, since we are technically spending more money and since that's how people are going to perceive it. And remember, so much of inflation depends on people's perception of it, not so much the reality. Um, if that enters into the fray, I feel like we could get higher inflation in the short term, even though long term, they say like the 10 year outlook because it's supposed to be a deflationary type thing. But again, the Build Back Better plan is kind of what Kevin said is like part of the reason why President Joe Biden might want um, Jerome Powell to sound more hawkish and more, you know, scared about inflation. Is it, is it you know, it's going to help him pass it. So did you hear how he addressed him, Andre? He said, President Joe Biden. What do you call him, Kevin? <laughs> Sleepy I, I Joe. Call <laughs> <laughs> Every president, president. Is that a respect? <laughs> Uh, so yeah. And, and I, you know, I'm seeing, I'm seeing some interesting activity in, in the market. You know, if I look at like the retail traders, man, or investors, let's call them, 
man, there's a lot of people that are just, uh, it kind of feels like the end of a war. Like, you know, especially in, if you've been in any small caps over the past, let's call it six to nine months, you've just been, it just feels like people are at the end. I feel I, there's a lot of people I'm seeing, like, you know, people saying, hey, I'm going to start trading stocks now. Because, you know, being a long-term investor is not working out. And it's like, well, have you really been investing long-term? Or you've been investing for the last three months, six months, and and you're like, ah, oh, I keep losing money. This sucks. This is a scam. I'm going to start trading stocks now. So it's a lot of uh, a lot of devastation out there. It's hard for me to imagine this continues on unless, yeah, unless the Fed does something crazy tomorrow. But, um, you know, Jeremy, Chinese stocks are just vicious. Go ahead, Andre. Can you explain yeah. to me why, uh, why have um, small caps been getting, like, hammered right now i think there's a many various reasons i think if you're talking about very very recently like let's say over the past month i think a lot has to do with tax loss harvesting a lot of folks that made good profits in the front half of the year looking at some of these positions they're like dude these stocks aren't aren't going anywhere for the next month or so let me go ahead cash out buy back in january i think that's very recently i think prior to that i think inflation because a lot of folks look at small caps as being the ones that are hit the hardest with inflation right um, they feel like big, big companies can, can weather the storm. And, um, also I think there's been a kind of a slowdown in the buying of things. I, you know, I've seen a lot of companies miss earnings or, or bring down their, their earnings. I think a lot of those companies benefited from stimulus checks or just the fact that you couldn't, you know, I, I talked about this in a video recently. Mm. If we go back a year ago, you couldn't go to the NFL game, right? You couldn't go to the college football game. You couldn't go to that concert, that festival. You couldn't go to Maui or, or Vegas. And, and so now there's just a lot, you know, the world's open back up, maybe not fully, but almost there. And so there's just other things to spend money on versus, you know, buying a, a new mattress or, or buying a new gaming keyboard or a new video game or whatever it is, right? Um, literally anything. So I think that's just some factors in, in why, uh, you know, a lot of these small caps have been hit. But I feel like we're very, very close to the bottom. I will say that. I'm kind of curious to see if Kathy Wood's stocks are going to do well next year because she's just she's not doing really good recently. Oh, so. gosh. Her, her fund is horrible. It's down 20. Yeah. I think it's 23, 24 percent this year during a time where the S&P is up 28 percent. Isn't, isn't that crazy? It's like, it, you know, no matter how smart you are, you might seem like a rock star one year and then all it takes is just one wrong. You know, it, now, what's what's interesting is uh, it was I think it was Peter Lynch's fund. Uh, from 1977 through 1990, it averaged 29% per year. Mm. He was a rock star. And uh, it turned out that the average investor in his fund lost money during, awesome. the time, during the time where it went up 29%. And the reason why is because people bought in during the times where it skyrocketed up. And as soon as it went <laughs> down, they sold and they locked in their losses. And of course, yeah. this fund eventually recovers. It goes back up and the, the cycle repeats itself. So it's this, this accumulation of people buying high, selling low, buying high, selling low. And had they just stuck with it or just continued buying, they would have done just fine. But, but I don't think there's a video on that. Here with Kathy Wood, right? That's not what's going on with her fund. It's it's the same thing. I don't see how, it, how it's any different than Peter Lynch's fund. And now yeah. that's not that's not to say that Kathy Wood's fund is, is going to... Uh, continue going up from that but it's interesting that the psychology behind it is still the exact same yeah kathy's fund people bought in caused her fund to buy more of those stocks causing them to go up and as soon as they go down 
everyone sells for fun sells they're selling pressure the price drops even further more people sell so it's like uh whatever whatever the fund does it's like taking a magnifying glass to it and the gains are great and the losses are even greater yeah th think of it like this andre you know kathy wood you know blows up into a, a, like a superstar in the stock market last year everybody's like kathy wood kathy wood plow money into yeah. kathy wood's funds right she has to invest that money out there which makes a lot of these stocks go up higher than maybe they should have gone up you know teledoc at 308 versus 91 today but then if you also you get these outflows then she has to start selling some of these stocks right the money starts outflowing out of out of many of these stocks. These stocks start dropping, and then you start getting this like self fulfilling prophecy where it's like Kathy Wood sucks. Pull your money out, right? Pull your money out of Kathy Wood stocks, and it's just kind of like this this snowball. Wait, Eventually, Jeremy, are you saying pull, pull out of Kathy Wood? Graham, 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 Graham. You said you went all in Kathy Wood the other day, so just, I'm asking. I, 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 yeah, that meant, you know, we were talking about if you should go all in Kathy Wood stocks in 22 grand. Uh, okay. That's what we were talking that's about. So horrible. I'm going all in on Kathy Wood. Don't fall out. Oh, boy, let's, let's hope, let's hope Mark's not watching this video. Let's all say about this. But, uh, uh, it, in terms of sponsor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Arc, Arc, Arc is never going to sponsor us. That's for sure. <laughs> so Dude, where were we? Most of our holdings like tech stocks and, and uh, what else does she have? Does she have any small caps in there? Yeah. So she has Tesla's her biggest position. And right. the issue with Tesla is she can only build it into such a big position. So you might think it's some massive position for her. It's not like Kevin or me or whoever that can build this into like 30% of the portfolio, 40%. Hers is always around 10%. And then Teladoc's usually been her number two stock and Zoom's usually around two or three. And so these, these are, you know, T Tesla's done pretty decent until recently. That one's starting to fall, right? Which we might have to talk about Tesla and where that one's going. Zoom's been not a good stock, obviously, recently. And uh, if you look at Teladoc, it's been just a disaster. And then you look at even like fourth, fifth, sixth, and a lot of those stocks. Those have been, been trouble. So, you know. The only website I know that tracks it is kathywoodstocks.com, which can track uh, each day the, the top 25 Kathy Wood stocks. So, wow. But it's, wow. it's been rough, man. And so, Kevin, you know, in regards to Tesla, what do you think there? You know, obviously you're a huge Tesla shareholder. Do you think this pain continues or do you think we're, we're about to the end? I think it continues. Well, first of all, uh, it, it's certainly market the market is helping a lot of this, but uh, it's certainly going to continue while uh, Elon Musk continues offloading his shares. What I actually think is beautiful about it, in my opinion, an opportunity is the the first you know, maybe half of shares that Elon promised to sell. I feel like you got a lot of the people with like extra cash on the side that are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy the dip on Tesla. And they're buying at like 1100, 1150 or whatever. And, uh, and it's like, well, wait a minute. Like the guy's still got to sell you know, millions of shares. Like, wait, wait for the last few days. And uh, so what I've been looking for is an opportunity to kind of couple uh, market pain like today and that massive fear that we're probably going to have tomorrow morning, couple that with Elon selling. So my hope is that tomorrow Elon hits the sell button again uh, at, you know, market open or within an hour or two of market open, his, his people press the sell button, whoever presses, it doesn't matter. Uh, and then we see a big sell or multiple big sells come in because he does them in smaller batches, multiple sells come in on Tesla stock from Elon, the market, uh, pushes Tesla stock therefore down at the same time as we get fear about Powell right before 11 AM Pacific time. Ooh, that's going to be a juicy time. I'm hoping to get Tesla under 900. Mm. Mm. That'll be interesting. 
Yeah, and, and Andre, by the way, curious. I, yeah. Oh, I, I just I remembered I didn't address yeah. one of Andre's things. Andre, you you had asked if Kathy Wood buys any small caps, and for the most part, if you look at like the Arc Fund, they're not really in small caps. It's okay. it's such a big fund. You know, the the far majority of positions are over five billion. A lot of them are over ten billion, just because yeah. she's investing so much money that for her to invest in a five hundred million dollar market cap or a billion dollar market cap in the main Arc Fund just usually doesn't make sense. But go that ahead, Graham. Sense. Yeah, Kevin, I'm curious because uh, I'm looking back at Tesla. Just two months ago, it was like $800 a share and not too much before that, like a week before that, it, it's in the 700s. Yep. What's changed in the last two months for Tesla to support a higher price in the 900s? Uh, well, I would say uh, production deliveries have been very helpful. Uh, they've come in very, very good. There was a lot of anxiety that uh, Tesla would end up like any of the EV manufacturers that would suffer from either more recalls, a bad uh, S&X launch for like the plaids, uh, which obviously started earlier in the year, but also uh, supply chain stresses. That's probably the biggest issue. And uh, Tesla's just been crushing it despite all of the supply chain issues that almost every other company is complaining about. Uh, that a power uh, combined with analyst upgrades who are now going, oh, damn, this company is actually like getting th they're doing great during the supply crisis. Imagine how they're going to do a year or two years from now when they're out of the supply crisis. And so I think it's that realization that uh, Tesla is no longer this uh, this company that's on the verge of bankruptcy. It's now this mature company that that is going to be manufacturing uh, a million cars per year pretty darn soon. Mm. It's interesting. I'm so glad I didn't FOMO into Tesla at $1,000 because I feel like so many people did. My cost basis is like $588. So I want to buy more. But just like Graham said, like two months ago, it was like 700 Gosh, I feel like I just want to yeah, wait Kevin, a little are you, are you concerned that maybe some of the demand for Teslas is going to begin to slow down? Because right now it's besides the Plaid and a redesign of the X. There's not that much new and for someone like me like i would be happy to buy another tesla if they could improve their battery range but it just doesn't make that much sense and we don't have the cyber truck yet we don't have a roadster yet um i don't know that tesla really has to care about graham buying his next tesla probably okay. for three or four years uh, uh, mostly no. be because because mm. uh, and don't don't get me wrong i think yeah. this the the tesla owner is probably going to buy another Tesla, right? I, th I think that's great. And that's a great future market value uh, unless they're dissatisfied for some reason. But that's always your hope is that you maintain your customer. But uh, I think they have so much uh, reach and, and demand and desire that you probably aren't going to run out of, uh, of, of Tesla. Well, you're probably, let me say this way, you're not going to have enough Teslas to satisfy demand probably until 2023, 2024. Uh, and then I agree with you. Then it's like, okay, now we got to sexy it up a little bit, like like their, their you know, uh, slogan or whatever for all their vehicles. And the Cybertruck would be a great way to do that. Speaking of Teslas, I'm getting mine tomorrow. So I'm really excited Woo! about the Model Tell us oh, about it. Yay. Finally. There we go. How long were you waiting for that? I bought in June. It's crazy. <clears throat> I got a I got a loan approval for 1.99% from a credit union and because they didn't give me the VIN until the end of this year, I have to reapply and now they're trying to give me 3% instead of the 1.99 they promised me. So I'm just going to go directly with Tesla probably because they're still offering a 2.49%, which I don't know how they're beating banks. What would you get? Um, I got the Model Y long range. So 
This right now, if you ordered it today, would take about seven months to get if you bought it today, the long range. Uh, The other one, the the performance, which is not that much more, but you'd get in February. So that's that's not bad. That's like three months or so. That's not bad at all. Uh, I'll look at some of the other ones while you guys talk. You guys are probably going to hate me, but I also bought my dad a Tesla. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, Model Y performance because he's wow. going to get his at the same time. At the same time, I'm getting mine. December. There you go. Yeah. So, so June 2020 for the Model 3. Long range is March. Performance is Feb. So you're still waiting like three months for a car, which I mean, relative to any other manufacturer is kind of insane. If you look at the Model X, I think this has the longest lead. Yeah, look at this one. It's like Standard November. Model X, January oh. 2023. Wow. Model X Plaid, October of 22. So the this right here, the, the X is actually really in, in high demand. Well, either in high demand or just short supply. Uh, probably both, honestly. I think the Model Y is more popular than the X generally, so it's probably supply side mostly. Um, yeah, because you can get a Model S Plaid like this week. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, okay. those are available. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Have you guys seen um, Doug Demuro's review of the Rivian? That looks pretty interesting. I feel no, like that doesn't. could be. No? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Andre, I, I, I don't know if you even heard yourself talk uh, about two minutes ago. You go, you guys are going to hate me, but I bought my dad a Tesla too. I, I, I hope you understand that Tesla, that Kevin and I are Tesla shareholders. If anything, we love you for that, okay? Let's be very clear. I made you point zero 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 one penny richer. <laughs> hey, we'll take it. I'll take whatever I can get, man. So. <laughs> You're like, really? I'm <laughs> I thought you... Was a Doug Demiro's? It, it was the. Uh, I don't think it was Rivian. The Lucid, right? Sorry, my bad. Lucid. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Lucid, okay. Not Rivian. Uh, Lucid. Uh, Lucid Air. The like top of Did the. Did he line. like it? He loved it. He scored it uh, in line with the Plaid. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're going after more of like a luxury feeling to the car, right? It's like expensive. A- I think it's what one fifty or one seventy. One sixty nine or so. One. Yeah. yeah. For the expensive. fully loaded one, those are coming out first. It's an expensive car, and for that price, but, like so. The benefit it's is Porsche. it's more luxurious. Yeah. It's more luxurious. It's it's like in line with the Mercedes S Class, but it doesn't yeah. go quite as fast as the Plaid. It's it's similar, but it's not quite as fast. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that it had going for it was, I think, a 500 mile range. That's which right. Was yes. Better than the huge. than the Tesla. That is huge. 500 miles. That's insane. No. Yeah, it's good because you need as many miles as possible when you, you have nowhere to charge. So you definitely need that. that <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder if it's like a true five, you know, because I feel like the batteries, it's always like take 30 percent right. off. you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what do these cars do when they need to charge? Because you need this supercharging network. Um, like I've been around. We all see those, uh, you know, charge point uh, or, or whatever the little charges are on the side. And they charge, they could charge, I don't know, 20 miles an hour. But that means you're sitting there for four hours, five hours, just charging. If you're going somewhere, you can't do it. Yeah, I'm curious, too. Like, what does Lucid Air have? Because I know the um, well, Porsche Taycan is terrible. Like, it, it's like one charger in Vegas, I think. 
It's it's a partnership with Electrify America is what they have. So you'd have to kind of look on the map. I want to see if I could pull up the map for Electrify America because it's it's a fraction of how many chargers Tesla has. I think they have like 600 superchargers across the, the country, whereas Tesla's got like, uh, I don't know. I got to get the numbers right. It, it was something to the factor of like seven times as many. I, I think, I don't know. I get, Let me figure it out. Yeah, no, that, that that's a big number. And, and I think we got to come back to a, a point because I know we were talking about Kathy Wood and ARK Invest earlier. And, you know, it's true in the stock market, like everybody, um, you know, gets gets hit at some point in time. Like there's no perfect investor, right? Like everybody like last year, for instance, everybody was looking at Buffett and Warren Buffett. Obviously, you know, is there anybody more legendary in the stock market than Buffett? But everybody was looking at him like, you idiot, you sold your airline stocks when they were near their lows. You're sitting on all this cash. You guys got all this cash and you're not buying, you know, when the, when the market was in March, April, May, what are you doing? And so even Warren Buffett was getting it last year. Now this year, Kathy Wood's getting it, right? And so it's, it, the, the, the stock market is a very humbling place because one minute you can be on top of the world and you're undefeated. And then the next minute you're at the bottom and you're like, you know, Oh my gosh, man! Is my pain ever going to end? So that the yeah, the stock market is a very, very humbling place. That's the best way I could put it. And uh, more even the best, to, humble. more reason to just be an index fund guy <laughs> rather than fighting. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yes or no? It depends. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it depends. If you if you're not really into it and you're not really into the ups and downs and you can't handle that, then yeah, absolutely, index funds. Or you just don't want to put in the work, right? Yeah. Sure. You know what's, what's, what's interesting for me, I've because uh, I've been doing both for the last year and a half. And until recently, my individual stock portion was up higher than dollar cost averaging in the S&P 500 over the last year and a half. And mm. it was up so much that I was like, eh, you know, for, for what happened back then, it made sense. Now with this recent dip, my uh, index fund portion is now about the same. Mm. So it's it's wow. catching up. I mean, you know, I'm I'm more into index funds, but uh, you know, just goes to show you. I'm curious to see how much index funds have removed price discovery of individual stocks. Like, if you were to take them out, how much would stocks fall by? I feel like it's a pretty substantial amount, and it's really hard you know, to like judge the true value with index funds because people just buy in regardless; they don't look at yeah. the real value. So. Yeah. And a lot of that money just ends up in the biggest of the big companies, which are the ones that end up just getting bigger and, and driving the indexes up even higher. Right. Apple, right. Google, Microsoft, Amazon, all those companies that, you know, interesting. If I don't know if you guys pay attention to Amazon stock price, you want to talk about one of the big dogs that really hasn't done anything. Amazon, you pull up a one year chart, you pull up a year to date chart of Amazon. It really hasn't done much. Meanwhile, Apple's had a great year. Google's had a great year. Microsoft's had a you know great year. Man, Do you remember how many people have been saying that Apple is just not going to go anywhere? They're like, ah, oh, Apple's going to be stagnant. It's overvalued. And it's just like, dude, it just keeps on climbing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, almost, what was it, $3 trillion? I, I think it hit the other day or almost hit $3 trillion. Did it really hit already $3 trillion? I know it was about to. But, uh, yeah, so I think very, it bounced very right cool. off of that. But yeah, I mean, to, to the point of, of trading sideways here. Uh, so this is this is Amazon kind of been watching it and and yeah it's mostly been stuck in this channel between 3000 and 3400 uh, and it's been stuck in this channel since July of 2020 uh, and right now it's sitting at 3362 so even though it briefly broke out of that channel and even though it finally feels like we're trending up out of that channel 
we're still in the darn channel. Uh, Apple was actually doing the same thing for a very long period of time. Same channel. Look at this channel right here. Here's uh, Let's zoom in a little bit. There's Apple sitting in this channel somewhere between 135, 122, back and forth, back and forth. And then it finally just took off. And that just happens. You know, the stocks become sexy again. They go up. And, and you know what happens when things start going up? Everybody jumps on. Yeah. yeah. Now, a lot of people compare Apple stock to a savings account. It's just, well, I may as well throw it in Apple. It's pretty safe. They're not going to go anywhere. And that's, you know, everyone piled in now. And now yeah. it's going somewhere. It's like the cash equivalent of the stock market. It's like, I'm just going to park right here. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I had to bet, I would say Amazon and Facebook outperform Apple, Google, Microsoft in uh, 22. If I if I had to make a prediction on it, we'll, we'll see, though. Yeah. Amazon kind of, you know, th this year, once again, it gets into the whole, well, people were forced to just buy things, right? Because the world was closed for you know, what was the world closed for truly about 12, 13 months, right? From about March of 2020 through about March of 2021. Then we started to open back up in April of 2021, right? So you had this year where people couldn't do anything. So they just bought stuff and, and why not buy it on Amazon, especially if, you know, you don't want to go out to stores and things like that, right? And so now they've had to work through these, these unbelievable comps they've had to work through over the past, you know, year where, you know, uh, basically the concept is if you, have incredible numbers, right? You report incredible numbers one year, the next year you have to comp against those numbers. And now you have to have even more incredible numbers to make it look like you're, you're doing well, right? If all of a sudden Amazon's growing 40% one year and the next year they grow on 20%, people are like, oh my gosh, Amazon just fell off, right? And so Amazon yeah. still has had nice growth. It's just so it's just so much smaller than it was the previous year and the previous quarters. So the, those comps go away starting after the first quarter and then i wouldn't be surprised if amazon starts to uh soar again so mm. yeah. it, which which of big tech would you guys which of big tech stocks would you guys like the best for 22. facebook looks kind Ooh. of interesting with the metaverse it's just like facebook's just not loved at all it gets no love which i mean makes sense but the metaverse i mean they're betting big but then the metaverse is not supposed to be owned by a company it's supposed to be this decentralized vision so I think Facebook's play for the metaverse is going to be the hardware. It's not, I think they're going to realize they can't, they're not going to be able to hang with the decentralized world and the software part. So they're going to focus on giving us some cool hardware tech and that I could see being big. So I don't what know. Is okay, so, uh, yeah. I was going to say Facebook's your, your stock, Andre Graham, you said Google is your favorite yeah, of big said, tech for Yeah, absolutely. Google. Okay. I'd love Google. I, and and pl for Google, I just see, advertising only getting better and only getting more prolific and yeah. uh, it's not going anywhere. So I could see them doing really, really well. They could do, honestly, Google could make their own metaverse if they really wanted to, and they would do so well at it. I, I believe they're a company where no matter what they could do, they basically could pick and choose whatever they want and they'll get the best talents in the world and they'll get it done. Jeremy, in me, in go ahead. Go ahead, Andre. Sorry, I, I didn't mean I'm, I'm picking Facebook. I just said Facebook looks interesting because the metaverse. But um, oh. yeah, I, I think I would rather stick to either Google or Apple. Google favorite. or Apple. Okay. Yeah. Um, imagine imagine Facebook wins the metaverse and then Google can't advertise inside <laughs> Facebook's metaverse. <laughs> and, right. then, and then they, they won't allow anybody to do anything on Apple either. Revenge. The revenge is sweet. <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, what's your what's your favorite big tech stock for 22? I, I mean, of those, it's interesting. I, 
you know, I I was going to say Google uh, because of the advertising, because uh, I, I agree. I think advertising is going to be huge next year because companies are going to have to work really hard to get to get less dollars in, in 2022. Uh, and, and so now you got me thinking, and Facebook, I think, is a big advertiser. I just don't love Facebook. But honestly, I think they're more effective advertisers than, uh, than, than for example, Pinterest. Uh, I, I think people aren't really loving Pinterest right now, even though Pinterest feels so oversold. I'd almost rather be in Facebook or, or even Snapchat for advertisers along with Google. But then, you you know, Jeremy, you mentioned, so I agree with you on Facebook. You mentioned Amazon. And so I'm trying to put my hat on, like, because I've never done this. Uh, I've never looked at how much money Amazon actually makes from advertising. And I, I'm just now getting it. And I think it's kind of small. Hmm. Uh, help me. So Amazon, I believe, has become the third biggest advertising company in the world, only behind Google and Facebook, I believe now. Well, and that's what I'm confused about, because I, I know they're a huge advertiser, but they also make a crap load of money from other stuff. And so mm -hmm. uh, it'd be interesting to see maybe there's a difference on net costs here. But see, primarily number five primarily includes sales of advertising services. So this would be, you know, selling ad slots, uh, presumably. Uh, and so that one's actually right here under the other category, which uh, as, as a you know, proportion of revenue is, uh, what is this, 8 bill in Q3 uh, is a fraction of online sales. But then again, maybe, maybe it's a higher net, right? Because uh, online stores, I, I have to read through this a little more. I'll try to do that right now. But that's, that is interesting to me. If, if other is mostly just ads and that's 8 bill, uh, you know, it's still, it's half of what AWS is. So you're getting more money that you're throwing into web services than you're throwing into advertising. Third-party seller services, you're, you're getting three times the revenue from that than you are ads. Uh, and then, of course, there's going to be some form of a net from these online stores. So uh, Amazon is just your everything company. <laughs> you know, I think, oh, and I covered it up a little bit. But anyway, if, yeah, I mean, if you wanted just a pure advertising play... Wouldn't Facebook be a much more pure ad play? A hundred percent. Yeah. The, the only bad news is with, with FB is they are going through uh, basically the Apple privacy changes. So that's something that started to hit them about a quarter or two ago. So they're still going to yeah. have another two quarters, maybe three quarters of working through that. But even with those changes, Facebook's still likely the best, the best route. How are they going to overcome that? That's something that's really interesting for me because I don't know – how they could because right now they're having difficulty tracking conversions and it doesn't look like there's a way around Kevin, what are you pointing at what is that here's your answer bro dude i've been wanting to make a video about this honestly i should just do it tonight because i'll just i've been talking to 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 some people already about this um and and i'm really interested in it i'm still trying to digest it is it but, newspapers uh, are coming back that's what it is <laughs> Right. <laughs> Newspapers are coming back to my house every day because <laughs> that's how I find this stuff. I love, I don't know. Look, I love the newspaper because I mean, just a quick tangent, you know, I try to scroll around on CNBC or NYT or whatever. And it's like, oh, China retail sells this, that. What? It's like, ah, oh, it's constantly changing. This doesn't change, man. It's just like, that's my snapshot of the day. And you know what was in this? And I'll do a video on it. But this right here, talks about Apple scaling back the Apple uh, uh, privacy rules, basically letting companies still get the same data without uniquely tracking it to people. So oh. that way, Snapchat and Facebook and everyone can not get screwed by Apple.
So I'm going to do a little bit more of a deep dive on it. But like the solution's already there. And I'll tell you, this was buried in like the the back of the B section in the Financial Times like a, a couple weeks ago. So like nobody's covered this story, but the, wow. it's done. The solution's done. So like if you're worried about that, stop wait, worrying wait, wait. about so, it. So is it, uh, how would, how does that protect the consumer? Because isn't that still the same thing of privacy tracking or, or it's only for companies to be able to retarget? Well, it, it's it's more that previously they were having trouble with everybody app opting out on the iPhone. It's like, great, how do I know? Is it a dude? Is it a girl? How old are they? What do they like? What do they don't like? And uh, that, like you, you basically, advertisers went blind, which was like, yes. oh crap, that's an advertiser's worst nightmare. Beforehand, they knew everything. They could unique ID you and go, this appears to be a 29-year-old dude uh, who's white and likes this, that, and that, and that's their political affiliation, whatever, and they could follow you around the internet. Now, they're bringing most of that back minus the personal identification where they're going to give advertisers all of the data, but they won't link it to an individual person anymore. Oh, interesting. So it'll be like groups. So like this, this is huge. Nobody's talked about it yet. Kevin, what about for retargeting? Let's say that I visited a website. How would they know that I was the one to retarget to? Even though they have my info, they'd know my demographics. How do they know which sites I visit so that they could retarget? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, I don't know that they would be... So really what they're doing is they're doing... Uh, it's gonna. Everything's gonna be group aggregated user level data, and so oh, I still have oh, to really oh. understand that and probably craft that into well, a that's video. That kind of makes sense. That they're probably gonna group it like here's the white eighteen year olds, here's the twenty five year old females. That's yeah, in, in aggregate, that's interesting. And, and then they could probably say, hey, you know, twenty percent of white eighteen year olds are clicking, and yeah. you know. 30% of yeah. black females are clicking. Kevin, just as I'm going to tell, tell you the one downside that I see from that is that a lot of the, the marketing that was done on Facebook, they couldn't properly track conversions because they couldn't yeah. guarantee it was coming from Facebook. To me, yeah. this, this only solves half the issue in that they could, they could see the demographics. And if they want to appeal to demographics, great. But they can't confirm that it came from that specific source. They can't confirm that this user came from from Facebook. Yeah, and that's I, I mean, that's um, so so let's say that you're a marketing company, and I come to you and say, Kevin, I want to I want to market on Facebook, and you say, perfect, we could market to all the 29 year old white guys over there. Yeah. How do I know that that traffic came from Facebook? Because we can't track those individuals. So, I, I, by the way, okay. Uh, yeah, let, let me speak on this because you guys just keep throwing yeah. out, you know, an age and white guys, right? <laughs> that's not that's not that's not advertising you know in today's day and age you want to know if i'm smile direct club right i want to know people that have searched certain articles or certain things about straightening teeth i want to know certain people that have read certain things and looked at very specific items that can give me an idea that oh this person's probably got messed up teeth oh they they researched a line or they went to that web page or they clicked on this photo or they left a certain comment 
right? That's really valuable data. Or if I'm a, a mattress company, I want to know what, what folks are looking at. Did they post something on Facebook recently asking everybody about what's their favorite mattress, right? So you're really looking to get to that individual level and get into those minute details, uh, maybe even sifting through private conversations where it's not like a human going through it. It's just telling an advertiser, hey, maybe somebody mentioned something in a conversation or a comment or whatever about a mattress. Oh, now let me give them my mattress ad, right? Or they live in a certain zip code. So you're really talking about getting much more in depth. Now, this is something that obviously helps out the economy in a massive way, right? Because if, if a company can spend less money and get way more revenue, they're going to make way more products and services and sell way more of those, right? If a company now can't really advertise and get to that person that is looking at those mattresses or talking about them or, or whatever, right? That's, that's, they're, going to get, they're going to have to spend way more money. They're going to make way less money, right? And ultimately, guess who that's going to help? That's going to hurt. It's going to hurt Apple because if there's less people making less money, less companies, and then me as a business owner, I can't go ahead and reinvest and go buy us all new Macs, right? I can't go buy my, my staff all new phones. I don't have the money to do that. Imagine you're a small business owner and you, you, you rely on that for your small business, right? Because you need certain, certain data. If you can't do that, then you, you can't make enough money. And the next thing you know, you're not able to buy Apple products. So I think if anything, in what's Kevin's you know, reading there is making sense. If anything, maybe Apple's coming back to the table and they're looking at this and they're like, we're going to end up screwing ourselves in this situation because if, if all these businesses are doing less good, we're going to do less good. Apple's going to thrive if, if, if everybody's doing great and everybody's got more money to spend. If it's not. I, I would guess they'll still have the cookie data from websites. They'll just hide the metadata of the personal information. That's probably what it's going to be. It's just like, yeah, that, I think that is, yeah. I think Andre just nailed it uh, because that, uh, and, and Jeremy, I think you nailed it too, because it also like, there's literally a quote, Apple can't put themselves in a situation where they're basically gutting their top performing apps from a user consumption perspective. That would ultimately hurt iOS. So Jeremy nailed it with that. And Andre, I think you nailed it with the answer to Graham's question, which is what they're trying to do. I just reread it is really trying to just anonymize uh, uh, who the, the individual is. Uh, but so that way ads are still effective, but uh, y y your data is stripped. And they're doing this like on the hush hush. You know, they're, they're trying to be all, look how private everything is with Apple. And you're going to press the button that's like, do not track. They still going to track you now. <laughs> it's just not going to be targeted to you. But your right. behavior is still going to get tracked. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, so many, there's so many public companies. I don't even want to talk about small businesses or private companies that have relied on Facebook to build their businesses. Really, Facebook, Instagram, social media in general. And um a lot of these public companies, I think another reason why a lot of these companies have had to take down revenue and, and those sorts of things was because of these changes. And I think it hurt a lot of them. And they're like, shoot, man, how, how do we advertise now? If we can't use Facebook or it's not as effective, what do we do? You know, because that's just such a dramatic change. So, um, and even, you know, Facebook's, Facebook's try to warn people, but, it, you know, yeah. Go ahead, Andre. So are you saying, Kevin, now is a good time to buy Snapchat? Yes. Is that financial yeah. advice? No. <laughs> <laughs> but you can do so on public.com using our link down below, and you might even get a Snap chat stock all the way, uh, well, totally for free, since you can get a stock up to $1,000 for free if you use our link down below. Thanks, public, for sponsoring our video and not using payment for order flow and not selling our information. That's right.
Thank you. Yes. And most importantly, Kevin, is that a Charmander behind you? I'm trying I to love that. Yeah. That's so cool, man. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I voted for the Squirtle, but the Charmander is sick. Mm. <laughs> you know, he, he really works there, especially with, with the purple light kind of making him look yeah. like he's got his mouth there. So it, thank yeah. you. <laughs> That thing is big. Huh? It's, it's like three oh, and a half feet tall. How much it's, it's a whole 46 inches, man. Mm. <laughs> how long did that take you to win? Is it David? Oh, was I, David or what was probably it? a year and a half of playing. <laughs> no. Oh, a year and a half. Well, but the thing is, I so I don't buy, like I don't use the, the points to buy stuff I could buy otherwise. Like, am I going to buy a halo cd rom or whatever you know a game disc at, at dave and buster no why would i do that at amazon or download it right i could not find that anywhere i tried <laughs> i like i looked it up now in fairness i may not have been in the right state of mind to actually look it up but i, I tried <laughs> I, and i couldn't find it so i'm like i'm going home with y'all man <laughs> well, was it, i can't was find it, it? <laughs> wait was it busy at dave and buster's kevin was it packed it's generally it's very busy there. Uh, like our, it's it's uh, one of the reasons I um, I bought options on them. I think it was two earnings ago uh, because I kept going there and I'm like this place is swamped and uh, and so I bought like a call option. It was just like a, an overnight forty grand. Now at the same time I had a put option on something else which was like an overnight like loss of thirty grand. <laughs> uh, but 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 whatever. But yeah, Dave and Buster's was good to me. So. That's cool. That's what I'm talking about. By the way, Kevin, you've been buying any stocks out there, making any moves the past week since last millennial money? Uh, Corsair, Robinhood, you know, the stuff at the bottom of the bucket, because I think you're going to get a, a U-turn on some of these. But uh, uh, yeah, otherwise, you know, it's been painful. I've been trying to trying to build out some positions. Uh, uh, and, and every time I buy, they keep going lower, which I keep buying more. Uh, and it's fine. I'm actually getting to the point where if, if we get – more of an S&P sell-off, you know, five to 10%, I'm going, I'm going into margin. <laughs> I'm going to start buying again on margin. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, now, uh, are you looking more at large caps, mid smalls? Is there anything, you know, particular that's, that's poking out? Mm, I'd say it's more, uh, you know, I, I, how, how would I describe it? Uh, well, let's see. If I look at my uh, larger holdings, it would be Tesla, Enphase, Affirm. Uh, I really think people are going to go into debt like crazy next year. Uh, I think Enphase is protected from like the solar panel crunch because a lot of solar panel companies are getting whacked. And as an inverter company, they, they do pretty well because they've got the strong margin. So high margin companies, really, really important. Big profit. The, any of the companies that are losing money, low profit or low growth, those are the ones that are getting smashed. And I said low profit or low growth. Like you have some companies that got big growth, but low profit, smashed, uh, like, like Robinhood. But they also just had a big lockup. So I think there's going to be a big U-turn there. I'm trying to build out my Google, NVIDIA, and Trade Desk position. Uh, Google and Trade Desk mostly for advertising plays. Mm. Trade, trade desk, uh, TTD. Can you uh, tell people a little bit about that business model? I think that's one that comes up a lot, but but people don't really understand. The yeah, business so they're model. so they're kind of like an ad buyer for you. So you go to them and like, yo, I'm running for governor. I gotta spend five hundred thousand dollars, and I want to put my face on videos everywhere. And they're like, okay, we got you, bro. Here's your menu. We'll give you like you know whatever, all these different stations or whatever you can advertise on. I do think it's weird that they they do all this video partnering and all this video 
co-advertisement partnering, but they don't partner with YouTube, which I, I, I think is just odd because so that's why I also invest in Google. So I feel like I kind of get both there. But Trade Desk, great company, really great growth. And they actually were founded in Ventura, which is where I live. Nice. Wow. And so that example you just gave us, that was you nine months ago when, when you went down there and you <laughs> talked to them. <laughs> uh, my budget was so small that they didn't call me back. <laughs> hey, Sir. By the way, if you guys are wanting to buy into NFTs. Tomorrow is a really good opportunity, I think. Cause, Why um, is that? Because so the VV app that I use. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Kevin and Jeremy, just peace out. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, you, quit, you should quit pumping EFTs or EFTs. What are they called? EFTs. NFTs. <laughs> Tell me you're old without telling me you're old, Jeremy. Yeah. Jeremy's <laughs> going to be like, how about you do that STOP? Hey, Stop talking about it. <laughs> hey, I, I wasn't the one that reads newspapers still. Okay, but go ahead, Andre. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not pumping anything. I'm not saying you should buy anything. I'm just saying if you're ever curious, tomorrow might be a good time because. Um, the uh, OMI token is migrating to Immutable. So tomorrow you'll be able to see your um, NFTs on the blockchain. There's going to be a lot of volatility, assuming we can move stuff in and out. Because as soon as the marketplace opens up, there's going to be a lot of people speculating and they're going to want to sell and, you know, get some liquidity and sell out of their out of their NFTs. So just tomorrow, just watch out for that. That might be a good time. And stocks too with Jerome Powell. He's going to rug pull us, right? So <laughs> yeah. Andre, crypto. So, so you know, what's your view for 22? Bitcoin going to have a big year in 22 or you think it's kind so of funny, a... Man. I, I, saw, I saw a Reddit post of someone being like, all these YouTubers saying Bitcoin's going 100,000 this year. They must feel so embarrassed. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, the reason that people thought Bitcoin was going to go to 100,000, uh, myself being one of them, is because the ETF, right? A lot of the hype was riding on the ETF, the spot ETF, not the futures ETF. And of course, thanks to Gary Gensler, that didn't happen. <laughs> so uh, maybe next year regulators could get on board, but it could hit $100,000. But much of it is riding on the speculation of the ETF. So um, I, I'm not like I'm not buying the dip yet. I know it's floating around like, what, 48000 right now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I don't want to buy below like I, I don't want to buy above 40000 is what I'll say. I, I'll probably start well, what, averaging. In what about Ethereum? Yeah, Ethereum like below 3k between two and a half, three probably is a good amount for me. It's a long um, way. Gosh, it is a long way. Yeah. Remember, I'm, I'm dollar cost averaging every single day on Ethereum, a thousand dollars. So like, I, I don't care. But for me to like load the boat and put more money into it, it would have to take something substantial, um, like five percent wow. discounts here and there. Don't interest me. But that's because my cost basis is just already so low. So yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, and Graham, you used to be real estate, but now you're into altcoins and, and cryptos. Can you tell us about your crypto portfolio? Jeremy's <laughs> <laughs> just on fire today. It's, it's it's Bitcoin, Ethereum. That's it. So I do the same as Andre. Um, usually, I'll buy every day just because it gives me something to do. I enjoy it, and it, it makes me go, it, it 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 gives me something to track. It's like every morning, it's something to do. It's like I look forward to it. Same with buying into the S and P. That was, like that, was a, that was the richest statement anybody's ever said in their life. Yeah, right. I, I buy Bitcoin Ethereum every day because it's something to do. Like it's <laughs> like as if it's something to do. Wow. <laughs> I watch, like it. Watch Jeremy's going to be broke with his tattooed chef next year. Eating, <laughs> <laughs> it gives me something to do. <laughs> I just, I'm hungry. 
<laughs> it's frozen meals. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, but but that's it. It's just I, I'm doing the same thing as Andre is doing. But uh, I don't know what what I was thinking was that Bitcoin originally ran all the way to 64 grand on the excitement of Coinbase going public, which is really big, and then it dropped 50 percent, consolidated for a little bit, and went back up. So I'm sh- I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a 50 percent drop from the peak at all. Um, but in the long term, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. Also, remember, Jeremy, um, we could have a catalyst of, of Elon being like, oh, by the way, I'm buying Bitcoin again or Tesla. Except, even though that's a silly thing and that's kind of a non-starter for Tesla, it doesn't make much of a difference for them. Just that alone would drive a huge, huge um, price increase. Didn't he, didn't he do something for Dogecoin today? Or did it, am I mistaken? Didn't he tweet something about Dogecoin today? No? Yeah, he did. All I've been following is him and Elizabeth Warren. That's just yeah, her. no, he, he tweeted that I think he's going to be accepting Dogecoin for merch, and that caused Dogecoin to sky like go up twenty percent in like an hour. Oh, hey. oh my gosh, twenty percent! Jeez, that's not even a small market cap anymore. So to move it twenty percent, my gosh! Yeah, By the way, like, Kevin, you should mention what you found on Elizabeth Warren's uh, tax credits. <laughs> tax credits. So yeah, so Elizabeth Warren's uh, uh, complaining that uh, Elon Musk uh, essentially doesn't pay enough taxes and is a freeloader because he rides off government subsidies and government tax credits, uh, which these tax credits for SpaceX or Tesla in the early days have now resulted in a company that uh, combined companies that have over 85,000 employees that uh, give us reusable rockets, have revolutionized batteries, EVs, self-driving, all of this. And so Elizabeth Warren is calling Elon Musk a a freeloader, even though he's going to end up paying more taxes than any American in the country this year. Uh, So even though he's going to pay more taxes than anyone else, and he's got these massive companies that are employing so many people, Elizabeth Warren's complaining that he's a freeloader because he got there on the back of of credits, is is the argument. Uh, And the irony here is, uh, well, quite frankly, this. I went through her tax returns about, uh, I don't know what, an hour or so ago, right? Like minutes before Millennial Money. And uh, in 2018, here you go. Residential Energy Efficiency Property Credit. Bruce and Elizabeth Warren, 2018 Residential Energy Credit Tax Form 5695, $46,452 in qualified solar electric property costs, taking a credit of $13,936. So that is kind of like, it sounds to me like (laughs) thou protest too much. (laughs) Wow. Only I get to say how much is okay. All right. Only I get to say how much tax credit's okay. Wow, that's, that's a lot. Forty-six thousand. That's what God. I was thinking too. Like, first of all, it sounds like you're getting ripped off on your solar system, but whatever. I guess she wanted a bigger credit. Wow, <laughs> my gosh, jeez. And and so the the credit, how did it? How did that work? So what would she get back of that forty-six thousand? There, do we know? You you pay forty-six thousand, you get thirty percent back. Federal tax credit for energy products on your home. I got them too when I did my solar panels. Now, I'm not going around saying credits are bad, though. <laughs> you know, like I, I think credits are part of the calculus as to why you would take, uh, why, why you would make an energy related purchase, whether that's a car or solar panels or whatever. I'm a big fan of them. California, I did a video on this yesterday. California is now going totally idiotic and is doing the opposite. California is now trying to uh, charge. Uh, for for an average solar system, close to five hundred dollars a year 
and, and basically an extra tax if you have a solar system. So they're Why? actually disincentivizing is that for, is that for solar. existing systems too. Uh huh. Why? What? what what's they're for? morons. But what's the reason? They have to have a reason. Of course, their their theory is that they're going to tax everyone who has solar systems to disincentivize people to get solar. That's obviously not necessarily the intention. But then when they get all this money in a bucket, the government is going to redistribute that to poor people to get solar systems who probably don't need solar systems and batteries. But if you discourage people from getting solar systems in the first place, you're probably going to end up with less batteries, especially if you have to go through complicated bureaucratic processes and credits and applications and all that bull crap that government's put you through. It's the stupidest thing ever. Kevin, as long as Gavin Newsom's governor, our real estate's going to hold stupid strong. <laughs> I know. Guys, our real estate just went up another 5%. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. This is good for you guys. <laughs> this is really Honestly, good. the the longer... Gavin Newsom is in office, the more my real estate's going to go to the moon too. Because the guy's too much of a moron to actually figure out how to get more housing in California. So it'll help you guys. It'll help me. You know what? <laughs> hey, hey, keep him in office. My real estate's going to the moon. <laughs> oh, man. Whew. That, that's vicious, man. You guys are vicious. So, yeah, Graham, you don't have uh, solar on any of your homes in uh, California, correct? I don't uh, because they're all rentals and really on a rental, it didn't make much sense. The ROI to put solar on a rental, it, it, it makes the listing like just barely that much more appealing. Most of the time, tenants would much rather have like a remodeled kitchen than like solar. They don't really think of the cost of electricity. Now, I thought about getting solar here on this house and I was shocked, but my electric bill is not bad at all. And I run the, I mean, obviously the aquarium runs 24 seven, the lights are on for 10 hours a day. I think the bill was like, it, it ranges between 180 on the low months to about 250 on the high months, uh, or sorry, 280 on the high months, even with AC. Yeah. You got the it's new like, energy efficient systems. That's why like, everything, you got the upgraded everything. Yeah. I am, I'm shocked because we had two AC units running in the summer 24 seven. And the bill was under $300 with the aquarium. Graham, don't I, tell people shocked. how great Vegas is. Stop. <laughs> no, we want the property values to keep going. No, I want it to go down. <laughs> no, I think the yeah. I think some of your wires got put in my house, Graham, because mine's like <laughs> four hundred to six hundred a night. I think I'm paying your bills, man. <laughs> Wait, is yours actually four to six hundred dollars a month? Yeah, four to six hundred. So I think some I'm paying part of your electric bill. Could it be charging the cars? No, oh. I only charge the superchargers. Do what? you actually? No, oh, I'm just kidding. And no, it's not oh. 400 to 600 a month. But no, it, yeah. So when right. we moved to Vegas, by the way, it's interesting. You say, you know, on a, like a, a 4,000 square foot house or whatever you have there, 180 to $200 or whatever. So when we moved to Vegas, we moved to this old uh, three bedroom apartment that was about 1,100 square feet. And at that apartment in the summertime, the electric bill was nearly $200 a month, but the insulation was so bad and the AC units were so old that for 1,100 square feet, it was like $150 to $200 a month just to keep the place cool. Like, it's I, crazy I how much. I could vouch for that, yeah. Jeremy. The place I lived okay. in for six years, the rental was 220 in the summertime easily. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's incredible. They, they've come a long way with the insulation and whatnot. And uh, Kevin, in Enphase, I think you're a huge investor in that one. Do you think any of this California stuff's going to mess up Enphase or not too sure. worried? 
Oh yeah, no, it'll, it'll have an impact. I hope it doesn't go through, but uh, yeah, sure. This this kind of stuff can definitely have an impact. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm that's one of those for me. That's just like uh, I'm trying to find my electricity bill. I can't find it right now. I was just gonna say, like you guys are talking all these small numbers. My electricity bill is like seven eight hundred dollars a month with solar. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, that's wow. but um how uh, like six air conditioners and oh. the studio oh, you're, you're you've got a fridge. bro you've got like a room sized fridge in your house <laughs> yeah pretty much but uh uh anyway so um no it, you look um Enphase is going to be a big benefiter of these supply chain disruptions easing. Honestly, right now, if, if uh, it, like solar panel demand slows down or whatever in 2022, it'll be a nice relief for a company like Enphase. So they can catch up and then they can keep innovating their products, which right now they're having trouble innovating because they can't get enough chips to actually do it. So, uh, I mean, not that research and development slows down, but actually getting these new products out. So I'm really excited about Enphase, especially since they're the first a uh, company to release an inverter that would allow you to actually operate your house off the grid with solar panels without a battery and without being attached to the, the grid. So like if the grid right now, if you have solar and the grid shut down and you didn't have a battery, your power goes off. Even if it's sunlight and you have panels, you need a special type of inverter. Nobody has that yet. Enphase just released that. So they've got phenomenal products. The margins are really high. I mean, this is like this is like the NVIDIA of, of the solar land. And so I love them. That's awesome. Oh. By the way, I just logged into my NV Energy account. I paid $73 in energy costs last month. Yeah. And Andre, you got a big house too. Three stories yeah. with a whole bunch of windows on that one side. Yeah, 4,300 square feet. That's pretty damn good. That's amazing. Yeah. I went into this thinking 100% I was going to get solar. But uh, yeah, after six months of seeing what the bill was, it didn't really make sense. Yeah, It'll yeah, take like and thirty then, years to break even. What 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 Envy Energy is doing for the most part, they build massive solar fields, and so they're going to go more and more solar. Which honestly, it kind of makes a lot of sense. I'm not going to say it's it's perfect in every scenario, but like, why put solar on every single house? Why not just make massive solar fields, right? And and yes. have your energy system run off that, dude. So. I literally ran a campaign on that, bro. Uh, that's because you've got California here that thinks it's a good idea to put solar panels on every single roof. And I'm like, if somebody's <laughs> going to live there and they're going to have a $60 electricity bill, their break even on that solar system is going to be like 20 years. My break even now is like one year. Uh, when I first bought solar panels, my break even was like 3.9 years. It made sense hand over fist to put solar panels on. That's the kind of logic that we should have. Uh, and, and realistically, it, look, if you want more solar, tell builders, go build them out in a field. Like Jeremy just said, go build them in a field. Instead of putting five panels on someone's roof, go put 30 in a field. You'll probably spend the same amount of money because it's you have economies of scale in a big old field. You have less inverters. You have less panels to deal with, less permits to deal with. Uh, but no, California wants wants to feel green, doesn't want to do the logical stuff, just wants to seem logical. <laughs> Freaking morons. <laughs> oh gosh. All right, guys, let's play let's play a fun game. Okay. This game is oh, called You wait, Get bill. Once. You get one okay. Yeah, after your this bill. This month. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> wow. Wait, Kevin, show us again. Let me see it. <laughs> 
Uh, Got a screenshot uh, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, let me just make sure there's no address or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I think I did it right. Okay. There you go. <laughs> wow. That's wait. So that's last month or this month or? That's what's due now. <laughs> oh my gosh! And that's with like it's your panels and your. How, Kevin? Uh, well, it's mostly the air conditioners. Uh, I do charge my car here, but I mean that's off-peak stuff. But but yeah, it's uh, uh, and I don't have any roof space left for solar. You know, I I added solar to my garage as well, yeah. And I also I think it also accrues. Uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. You're and then on top of the bill, I also get these things called your year-to-date charges through month nine are another like three thousand seven hundred dollars. i don't know it's insane i don't really understand my electricity bill are you saying you're gonna have to pay an extra 50 bucks a month roughly or 45 or whatever it is for having those panels now oh you mean if i uh if if this new proposal passes yeah. in california uh yeah so in my case if this new proposal passed i probably have to pay another seven hundred dollars a year just for having panels so because i went green see like i'm a high energy user I should have panels, right? I should be penalized if I don't have panels. But right. now I'm going to get penalized for having panels. It is insane. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> you get it. Jeez. That's ridiculous. That's that? Kevin, who made that proposal? Oh, it's the, um, I call it CPUC. It's the, I don't know, uh, California Public Utilities Commission. Uh, three of the five commissioners were appointed by Gavin Newsom. Uh, the guy I tried to replace and two of them came from the democratic governor before him. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, there you go. Nice. Wow. Well, after that depressing note, I got a game for us to play. Okay. <laughs> so this game is called, you get one stock to fall 50% tomorrow for you to load the boat. What stock do you pick? Let's go around the table. Kevin, what, what are you picking? 50% tomorrow, load the boat. What stock is it? Ooh, I'm trying to think of where, because you see the question ha it also includes like where we are now, right? We can't just pick our favorite stock, uh, but it has to be like, where is it a screaming discount? And some stocks have fallen more than others. So like, for example, uh, you look at something like, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, honestly, uh, Corsair, even, you know, Corsair, like $10, $10. seriously, like, Warren Buffett's going to buy the whole freaking company, right? <laughs> I'd, I'd love to say, oh, Affirm or Tesla or Enphase. But a lot of these companies, they've they've been, it, it wasn't that long ago that they were 50% less, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, but $10 on, on something like that, that would just create this insane value stock. I don't know. Uh, yeah, probably. Okay, I mean, if I'm going to pick one, now that I've thought about it a little bit, Something that's safe and that I know is just going to rocket ship right back. Honestly, probably low valuation, high growth, high margins. Visa or Google, I'd probably go Google. You know, Google fifteen hundred bucks again. Uh, it, low risk and uh, high margins, high growth. You get everything there. Mm. That's a good point. I, I thought you were going to say Tattoo Chef just to spike yeah. me to go down fifty percent. I was thinking about it with the uh, with the uh, Corsair analogy, but I didn't want to give ever, anyone hope that I would actually buy it for eight dollars. <laughs> Graham, your turn. Your turn, Graham. Yeah, I was going to say Google or Ford. I feel like Ford stock at ten Ford. would be extremely safe. Yeah. Wow. That that's I got to say that one's unexpected. Ford. Wow. Yeah. 
So you're yeah. but you're bullish on the four DVs or, or just bullish on the overall company or overall company. I think they make a great product. I think they're smart to get in EVs. I don't think they're going anywhere. And uh, they were one of my best performing stocks when I first started buying uh, during the that COVID dip. It was Ford, mm. and I think it was like five dollars a share or something like that. And uh, they've done really well. So, Absolutely. All right, Andre, your turn. Yeah. Well, what was that? Uh, I'm going to say uh, Berkshire Hathaway because 52 week high, 446,000 back down to what? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would be insane, though. Um, I was thinking Google as well or, or Apple. I, I got to stick with the classics. That's my favorite. Wow. None of you guys went with Tesla. That's interesting. I thought maybe one of you guys would at least go with Tesla. Tesla would be what, 475? Because I think it was at I feel like Tesla still has a chance to get there, like either way. Like, and on top of that, I got so much of it already, yeah. you know, like if it fell half and then you're like, load the boat, like I'm trying to build my position in Google, <laughs> like Tesla, I got it built. But yeah, sure. I mean, obviously I'd be buying then, but, but I, I couldn't load it as much as I could load Google. Mm. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. You, I, I would say, I would say honest HNST if I got one, cause that's one I'm actively buying. I want to build a position a lot bigger and that one would yeah. be $3 and 80 cents or something like that. So. You'll be there soon. Yeah, probably. Honestly, at this point, <laughs> at this pace, it could be next week. You know, it's just, is it next week? Is it the week after yeah. at some point here, here's a good, you know, and I've been talking about this a little bit recently. Eventually you run out of sellers, right? And of course there's always going to be somebody out there selling a stock, right? A trader, investor, whoever, right? But eventually you it was kind of like last year you eventually ran out of buyers right for these stocks as evaluations went to sky high multiples especially small caps anything risky um and i know we obviously covered the amc situation right like one of the reasons that stopped going up is you you stopped you, you couldn't have enough buyers come in to press it up anymore and you had too many potential sellers right and so now you're winding up in a situation with a lot of these small caps where it's going to be hard to find sellers still in these stocks, at least in my opinion. I could be wrong. It's going to be hard to find sellers in 22 because I feel like almost everybody who's possibly wanted to sell a lot of these small caps has already done so. So then you wind up in a situation where if you just get a decent amount of buying pressure coming in, you, you can get some crazy moves. And never mind, and I know we spoke about this last week, some of these stocks are shorted to the max. But then, Jeremy, you know, if interest rates go up, they could be a lot more sensitive to those rate hikes than some of the bigger companies because, you know, uh, I, I saw a report about talking about like how some of them, they, they might have borrowed money in the short term at low interest rates. And if interest rates go up for them, I mean, they're going to be stuck paying the same bill, but like a lot more money for it. So some of the smaller caps, I feel like would be far more hurt than some of the bigger ones like Google. Yeah, it's on a case by case basis, but you could also say, well, a lot of these stocks are down 60, 70, 80%, right? So mm -hmm. it's like, did we go too far to the downside with, uh, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of these stocks now? So I think there's always going to be, you know, uh, kind of, you know, you can, you can take it on both sides. Let's say, uh, like we were talking about earlier, let's say some of these companies that have benefited from being able to advertise on Facebook that have been hurt recently. What if that starts to move away in 22 and they can advertise easier? What about the companies that were, super negatively affected by supply chains over the past year supply chain should hopefully let's hope get better in 22 so what about all those companies that are going to be helped by that what uh, about Jeremy, some of the yeah go ahead quick game for you uh if uh let's say tesla falls 50 percent and bitcoin falls 50 percent, which one do you buy 
Oh, you, you know where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. I, of course, I would buy Tesla over Bitcoin. No really? disrespect to Bitcoin. Even yeah, though you so. have a pretty substantial position in Tesla already. Yeah, but if I'm forced to buy one, because look at man, I'm losing money on Bitcoin, okay? I, I just became- Oh, you got it for free. How are you But still, I'm down, man. And, and here I am. I just became, I mean, I don't want to flex on you guys or anything, but I just became a Bitcoin thousandaire very recently. Oh, wow. Yep. I have, wow. I have $1,300 in Bitcoin. So, you know, like I said, I don't mean to flex, but you know, look at me, exactly but I'm down, coaches. I'm down 9% Andre. So why shouldn't I sell? What you mean you're down 9% today or overall, or what are you talking overall, about? Overall, overall. And, and you know, it just oh, scares on. me because the short sellers are saying it's going to go down. <laughs> but you got it for what? free, right? You got it I got for, it for free. free. How are you I, down? I got it for yeah, but I'm losing money, Andre. In the sh I just read on the message boards, people said it's going to zero. So why should <laughs> I sell? You're 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 the users posting those messages. Going to zero. No, that that's what we have to deal with in the stock market, Andre. It, you can go to message boards, and every stock I own, this is going to zero. This stock's trash, garbage. Right. Going Kevin, to zero. Kevin, what about you, Tesla or Bitcoin? If Bitcoin's falls, they both fall fifty. Oh, all right, Tesla for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, but um, I mean that's if I had owned, to choose. Owned, Andre. Owned. What about <laughs> what you? About but you, don't get Look, I just I just I bought know, crypto yeah. today, so I mean I can't say that I. I mean I bought more crypto today than I bought Tesla today, and I bought both today. Uh, yeah. uh, actually, I'm pretty sure of. I bought like four different coins today, and I bought more, or like 169 shares of Tesla, and more Bitcoin than that. So, so in fairness, you know, I'm looking at both, but anyway, um, the small cap thing, I wouldn't be surprised if you have a big fat, uh, explosion in small caps. Once we get uh, a little bit more of a risk on appetite, because I, I agree with you once, once these things have a 5% day and then they have a 10% day, I think you're going to create this stampede uh, of people like, Oh my God, all the small caps are back. Uh, and, and then you're just going to all of a sudden see, you know, honest pop, you know, these things could, could go up 50% very quickly. Honest tattooed chef shift technologies, hippo insurance, you know, lemonade insurance. Like seriously, like all these, these losers uh, could, mm -hmm. could explode very, very quickly. And it's just like what people are going to do then is they're going to, they're going to sell their Google. They're going to sell their Apple and their Enphase and these bigger companies. I shouldn't really compare Enphase with those, but whatever. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and then they're going to go shopping for these little ones and hope to ride that little wave. So I would just recommend uh, having either some money or, or temporary margin on the sidelines to where if you identify that, that run and, and you think it's going to go, you know, hop in all the small cups. I, I like that, Kevin. I like that a lot. Okay. In the meantime, got, keep got... shorting Jeremy's portfolio. <laughs> hey, 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 it's called, what is it? It's, instead of Sark, it's like S Jeremy. <laughs> so one, one last game for us to play tonight, guys. And I'll, I'll start the game off. So let's see. One, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Before we do that, Graham didn't answer okay. that question. Oh, Bitcoin. Oh, there we go. Right. Two versus two. All right, someone back me. I do Bitcoin. Nice. Mm, all right, so... Last game of the night. What are you down the most on? I'm down. I'm down one hundred seventy-one thousand dollars on Tattooed Chef. Are you yeah, guys I... down more than that on anything that you no. got? No. <laughs> Andre, uh, you you say you're down? Uh, one hundred seventy-one thousand dollars. 
Jeremy, now is a great time for you to tax loss harvest. <laughs> I can't I'm do that with serious. the chef, man. The Jeremy, chef and me, uh, the chef and me, we're, we're too. I got too much of a. It's it's a cult stock. I just can't do it. I can't do it with the chef. No, no. But it is. It's one hundred seventy-one thousand dollars. So it's. it's I know. I would be very. I don't know. I'd be tempted to sell that off this year and buy back in. I can't do Hold it on, with I'll the chef right now. Right. I'm just, looking at my portfolio right now. Hold on. Graham, you don't have anything because you'd never have lost money on anything ever in life. So you, you're like, <laughs> no, my gosh, no, I've lost, but but not not that much. Not 171. Okay. Oh, yeah. Kevin looks like he's doing calculations here. I don't know what you're up to. Uh, there, yeah. Kevin. So uh, oh, I see it. Sold yes. put on PayPal is getting just destroyed. Uh, I thought I was doing a good job buying the dip uh, when uh, when the uh, Pinterest deal didn't go through. But it turns out it was the beginning of sort of the software meltdown. So I'm kind of getting screwed holding this one. Uh, it I got a credit for $56,000. It's market value is negative 220. So I'm upside down 164K on that. Basically, I, I have to buy 3,000 shares of PayPal at $260. The crap's at like 180 right now, so uh, that puts me down, you know, 164,000 dollars on the contract with with the credit included. Wow. So, yeah, there's there's yeah, pain I... to be had out there. You know, it's it's not all it's not all green. <laughs> so I won. I just want to disclose that I'm the winner. 171,000 dollars. I beat Kevin. <laughs> oh wait, Kevin or Andre, you're still looking. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Believe it or not, my off. second worst position. I'm, I kid you not. My second worst position. Can you guess what it is? Uh, <laughs> oh yeah that doesn't surprise me yeah that one's been been a rough ride yeah. man but my worst mission is down 23 which is coinbase thanks to the ipo <laughs> oh yeah coinbase was bad for me but i'm i'm positive now i kept buying 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 and then i bought a big chunk around the low 200s it sounds like kevin when he plays poker he doesn't actually lose money he just dollar costs average a couple times <laughs> and then basically until eventually he's up <laughs> except at jeremy's house and somehow he's always up i don't know house advantage <laughs> house advantage uh, yeah I, I needed that money kevin that was for more tattooed chef shares back when it was 18 dollars. now it's 15 i should have saved i should have just put in a piggy bank anyways you know, that wraps up our show graham take us home guys make sure to use the public link down below in the description it helps us out too and you're really gonna like the platform why am I looking over here? I always look over there. Look right there. Uh, feel free to use that link. We're all on there. So if you want to follow us and see exactly what we're buying, it, it's a fun community. I'd highly recommend it. And you get a free stock just for signing up. You may as well do that. It's uh, it's it's basically free and uh, you'll enjoy it. Uh, they don't route payment for, they don't do any payment for order flow. So you're going to get the best trades, but uh, links down below. Thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure to subscribe. We also got the clips channel. So just uh, subscribe to that too. All of it is in the description. Thank you guys so much, and until next time. Peace. See you guys. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.